Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to $10 billion, I decided I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself. And not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting my journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. We made different playlists for all the things we are into, and you can find each of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here, and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter four, page 13. And today's date is June 14th, and it is 12.47 p.m. Now, before we get into the topics of the day, we always start off with screen time okay and that is when i check my phone so i can see how much time i've spent on it every single day last week every day last week i spent an average of seven hours and 51 minutes on my phone each day and that's down from the week before which was eight hours and 44 minutes every day. My most used app was YouTube for 10 hours and 20 minutes. Then it was Twitter for eight hours and 25 minutes. And then it was Instagram for seven hours and 54 minutes. Every day I picked up my phone on average 139 times per day. And my most used app after pickup was Instagram. Now on to the subscriber check. So for the candle channel, Go follow that, Ember Candle Co. We are at 410 subscribers. And I just saw something recently that said that they're gonna lower the monetization number from 1,000 to 500. I was hyped and excited at first, and then I realized that it wasn't for ad revenue, it was for like stickers and uh, the super thanks and stuff like that. So we still have 490 more subscribers to go until, no. 590 more subscribers to go until we are at 1,000 subscribers. And on our main channel, we are currently at 6,526 subscribers. All right, so uh, as y'all can see by the title, we have some news in regards to the house. So at this point in time, it seems official that we have lost the house. It seems like there at this point, there's no really way of getting it back unless somebody knows of another thing that we can do. Uh, we tried the insurance way and I got a call from the agent, from the insurance agent, um, maybe like, I don't know, two days ago maybe like three or four days ago, it was right after I posted last week's podcast. And they pretty much said like, hey, the contract says if the house is vacant for more than 60 days, then that voids the insurance. And what they consider to be vacant, I guess, is once the house is fully renovated and is habitable, and then 60 days from that day, I'm assuming is when they consider it to be, uh, that's when the vacant number starts. So we put the house on the market last year in like August, a lot of y'all know. And then after that, um, it just sat, the market dropped off a cliff immediately as, as when we put the house on the market, the whole real estate, the economy, at least where we were at, I think for the most part, uh, more or less just collapsed. There was very good interest rates before. And then they were doing, from what I believe, back in the day, maybe like, and I say back in the day, in the last three to five years, you were able to buy with like less than 2% interest for a house. And then it shot up to seven, nine, and that's like the base, like the, the bottom was seven, nine. So if you even had, if you didn't have good credit, you were pretty much paying more than that. Like that was for people who had good credit. So... 
as soon as we put on the on the market, they rose the interest rates and people stopped buying. And then we finally got an offer on the house. Everything was more or less going good. And then it got broken into not one, not two, not three, not four times. Honestly, it might have been more than that. I'm pretty much losing count, to be honest. It's a really bad feeling just because I don't my this is how my brain works. This was supposed to happen. And at this point in time, I don't know why it was supposed to happen. I can't tell you why. I think that too many things went wrong for for it to be something that we were supposed to do. Like it's it's like we were fighting this crazy uphill battle to finally get to the top of the hill and then the most uncontrollable thing that we we have zero influence on at least with the house we have some influence on when it gets renovated you know what's inside the house where we buy it how much we pay for different materials those kind of things we have influence on so we can kind of manipulate the the house to get it you know faster than somebody else might want it to be done or things like that or at a lower cost it's different things in that way the federal government raising the interest rate there is zero influence that we have on that and the house took us a year and a half is it a year and a half yeah about a year and a half to renovate it's 18 months to renovate a single family two-story house row home in philadelphia which is about a thousand square feet it took us a year and a half to renovate that we went through hell and high water to get the house renovated going out there building a fence ourselves. uh i think we even slept in philadelphia a couple of times not in the house but like in philly to make sure the house is done bringing uh flooring in a u-haul truck driving it going to multiple home depots to pick up all the flooring and then driving all the way out there and as i'm talking right there was probably like another six youtube videos we never put out that we went out there, we recorded a lot of the process of what we were doing, and it just got to a point where we were, it, it was more important for us to get the house done, and I forgot, and do other things than it was to put the YouTube videos up. We were doing Turo at the time, the candles were coming up, it was a lot of things that were coming up in that time period, so those videos never went out. So, they're gonna go out at some point, I can't, I don't know when, if we, well, when we get a lot more money, we can hire somebody to edit it, because I don't see myself going back to get the footage edited my, like, personally, just because we're currently doing weekly vlogs. So, to do a weekly vlog, then go back and try to find that footage, which is, you know, like I said, another seven, eight, nine videos, it doesn't really make sense for me to put my time into that. But, There were so many things that we tried to do to get the house finished. We even, our, we had even considered putting a refrigerator on top of a dolly and walking it like half a mile to the house because we didn't really have the money to pay someone to go and bring it over there. Luckily, one of my dad's friends uh, was has a house he renovated in Philadelphia and he was able to uh, put it on his truck to get it out there and like I said it was there are so many stories of all the things that we tried to do to get the house done I even remember when my uncle had recommended us to get what these uh, they're called dog doors uh, D-A-W-G-S for anybody that's renovating a house um, they're vacant I forgot what the D stands for but I know it's D-A-W-G-S um it's something with vacant housing. I can't remember the exact, um, ac what the acronym stands for, but we put it on the house only to find out that it was damaging the door, uh, the door hinge. It was damaging the door. It was damaging the walkway, it was damaging the wall. So we had gotten it removed at the time, right? Even during that time, something had got, somebody had broken or stole toilets from the house. They stole, I think some faucets and like I keep saying, there were so many things that I felt like happened for the house not to be renovated. We had a person who lived across the street 
we went to her house. We've stayed over, not like stayed a long time. We had conversation with her in the living room, have her number. Someone in her family had gotten sick and she had went to go take care of them in another state. I think it was Phoenix or something like that, right? Or I guess it could be Arizona. The time that she was away, she was our lookout. That was the time that someone broke into the house. So it's like we even had at some point someone was going to rent the house. And we were like, damn, their credit not, look, not looking real good right now. Like, should we really rent to them? We're not, we're not really sure this is what we want to do. One of the issues that we had at the time was getting the house um, refinanced, right? And I think back in about August, because that, that monthly payment was killing us. It was killing us. And it was so, uh, like, the more I think about, the more I keep, like, going back and realizing, like, the downward, I don't fucking call it a downward spiral, but kind of, like, how many blocks or dominoes had to fall for this to go as bad as it did. And every domino fell. Because our tour video that we had posted, right, it was doing really well. And from the YouTube channel, we were getting, like, $1,500 to $1,800 a month. And that was covering the expense for the house. That dropped off. So now we're probably getting like $400, $500, whatever for the house. So now we're like, okay, how can we figure out money to, to figure out to pay for the mortgage so we don't lose the house? Instead of putting our money towards the credit cards, we're like, okay, we're going to put all the money into the house. We're going to keep paying this mortgage every single month so that the house doesn't get lost, doesn't get foreclosed on. So we sacrifice our credit to then keep the house going, right? Only for then only for us to then not be able to refinance because our credit was too low. And then we had, a, like I said, we had the person come to try and rent it. Their credit wasn't very good. We had um, multiple break-ins. We had contractors more or less disappearing. We had undercapitalization for the house. The list goes on and on and on and on of things that between us starting that project and us finishing the project. Um, so like I said, I think it was, it was a crazy situation. And the only thing that I, that I see that came from is the candles. I think I'm going to always be good. Like I don't, I never think that I'm going to end up in a bad situation. And if I am in one, I'm going to get out of it and end up better. So would I have been doing candles if the house had got renovated? Probably not. Um, like if the house went the way it was supposed to be, I'll be doing something else right now. But I still feel like I would be in a better position now than when I was when I first bought the house. And when we first bought the house, we had no income. We had no way of making money. And at that time, I don't even think the turtle video even came out yet. So we didn't, YouTube wasn't even paying us that much. It was like a couple hundred dollars a month. And it was it was just that was when the biking stopped so where we're at now is much better than where we were at then and we had to go through what the chaotic last two years to get there it's not really much like i said left to do with the house unless somebody has some type of suggestion they sent us a letter in the mail um about proceeding with the foreclosure last week that's when i then got the email saying um or the phone call from the insurance agent saying hey guys i'm sorry but there is nothing i can really do for y'all so you know have a good day though help you know it's just like hi hey, well and i think it's funny because when he was talking to me I, I guess he wanted me to be more emotional about it but it's like what did you i don't know because he was he was saying it as if he was expecting me to yell at him he was like all right so there's nothing i could do about the house because the insurance says i'm like bro if insurance if the if the contract say th that is say then i'm not about to hire a lawyer we tried that route before when we had the the philadelphia thing because i don't know if you remember that just some, some of y'all don't even so there's people who are watching this podcast right now who don't even know the Philadelphia Airbnb story. <laughs> the last, like, I don't know, week or so, Melissa and I kind of been, it's been coming up in conversation where kind of more or less the same topic, how... 95% of the people that watch us on 99% people that watch us on the candle channel 
have no idea what we went through before the candle channel absolutely no idea the fact that we had a, a a three family triplex under contract to do airbnb to do airbnb in philadelphia only for mind you we bought all the stuff brought it all the way out there to philadelphia right had it delivered in front of the house we get to the house furniture is coming the that day and the next day for the owner of the house to call have his guy some random guy calls and say yeah this is not gonna work sorry about that the more i talk about it the more and more things come up i just have to laugh at it because you just gotta you gotta just roll with the punches you gotta take the blow that you get um and just keep moving forward and like i said if, if we're gonna take four steps forward and three steps back we still took a step forward and i feel like that's kind of how our situation has been we're not in a great position but i would rather be where i am now than where i was at before when i was riding my bike and they lowered the the price that they paid us from twenty dollars a ride to a dollar a ride like i don't want to be there because i feel like at that point it's like i'm trapped that that to me is a cycle i don't want to be in which is why even with the candles I'm trying to fight against this cycle of just having enough money to get to the next craft fair. Because it's a never-ending cycle. Next thing you know, it's five years, seven years, ten years. And you're like, damn, how, how did this happen? So that's a lot of kind of what I'm focusing on right now. Because a lot of people, I feel like I see a lot of people in a situation, especially as a bike messenger, where you're making just on you're making just enough money that is more than most people but not enough money to get out of the situation that you're in so like i said that's not where i want to be i want to have enough to get out of our current situation have a new apartment have multiple bedrooms have more space have more uh peace of mind those are things i'm trying to i'm fighting for now to or with the candles and one thing i did find interesting and I haven't really pursued it because I don't really know what to pursue it as or what would even be the situation. But once the contract was canceled by the agent, no, by the buyer, I really have not even heard from my agent. And my understanding would be we would just put the house on the market as a renovation and somebody would come and buy it. That's, that's my understanding. That at, at this point today, it is june 14th at 107 p.m the house chapter is in my mind i'm gonna say 99 closed the only reason why i'm saying that is because they're probably gonna send us letters about foreclosing but what what for take the house at this point what, what you what do you want me to do with you and honestly right they gave us 167k for the house i don't even know i feel like you still could if they could even sell the house for that much I and mean, we paid them uh 1500 a month for damn near two years so they already up anyways they sell the house for 167 that's almost that's 30 something k almost 50k they got from us off of just the mortgage so bro i just i just thought about how we even came up with that money from using the uh the merchant cash advances like i said we was hustling to figure it out we figured it out and then boom gone up until now this should probably be the last thing i really hear about the house y'all got any questions hit me up um shout out to my guy tory he is probably i can't say probably i'm trying to think of all people i know in real estate personally he is pro he has to be the most successful person that I've seen or know that does real estate. That's had like the best um, experiences when it comes to real estate. Most people I know that have done real estate, they've had the worst experiences. They either lose a lot of money, they end up hating real estate, they don't make a lot of money, they, they feel like they waste a lot of time doing it. So, he has finessed, bro, like I said, he has finessed buying seven different lots 
seven in a span of less than a year. I think before this, he might have bought in one or maybe two properties. Uh, he told me, he did, we talking yesterday on the phone, he said he had bought one like in a different state for like less than 10 grand and then sold it for less than 10 grand. Like that was his intro into real estate. Like I said, now he went to a conference, learned about new development, learned how to get the process down right and is killing it. And honestly, I would say this too. I think of all the people I know, he is probably also he's because I'm gonna say it and it's kind of like I'm trying to figure out the best way to put it. A lot of people are trying to get money. A lot of people want to get money. A lot of people talk about getting money. He is the only person I know that's actually doing the things like. It has has been through the the I'm trying to figure it out and has done the stuff multiple times. A lot of people, like I said, they're still trying to like they might have a store that they have. They might be selling clothing. They might be selling um, real estate. They might be doing medical school. Like there's a lot of different things that people might be in, but they have not gotten to the part like the the other side of it. So he's the first person I've seen to get to the other side of like, I guess I call it entrepreneurship. So he has, he has passed the struggling to figure it out phase and has, I would say even eclipsed the building phase. And now it's more about scaling. It's like, okay, I have a foundation now. I'm going to build top of that foundation. So that's it. I just want to give him my guy shout out. The next topic I had on my list for the podcast was last week's craft fair. So did we, how did we do? I feel like it was a decent, it was, a, it was decent. And the reason I say it was decent is because I have a spreadsheet on my phone, right? Called the super candle spreadsheet. And it pretty much tells us how much we average per craft fair, like every single craft fair, right? The last time I checked it earlier in the year, it was $612. So that was the amount that we kind of use as a, as a barometer for how well we're doing. Our net sales per day is $547, right? That's kind of, that's what it's been. Um, so we did higher than our average at the time we thought it was 612 but as we see now it's 547 but i do want to check that later but it's, it's probably it's probably accurate we average 547 dollars per craft fair that's net sales right um and it's like this weekend we did close to 1200 however for all the people who are in you know e-commerce or they're selling something or you're in the product business or you have candles We were doing okay, like on Saturday. We sold like some perfumes, we sold room sprays, we sold candles, and some of them sales came at the end of the day, right before we were about to leave. The following day, it was slow. Like it was very, very slow. And we were just like, damn, we have to figure out a way to make more money. And we were just, just kind of sitting down having this conversation and I was just like, if we wanted to make $400, right, we would have to sell 10 big candles, roughly. Let's call it 11 big candles to, to you know what, 10 for the round for easy numbers. We have to sell 10 big candles to get $400, right? If we sold, if, if we wanted to get $400 and we only sold the small candles, We'd have to sell 26 candles, like 26 sales would get us to $400 of the small candle. 10 big candles gets to $400. Honestly, I'm curious about that number. I want to know how many sales do we do on average? Like how many transactions do we do on average? Okay, so according to this, we do an average of 22 sales per day per craft fair, right? We wouldn't even be making $400 a day if we were only selling big candles on average because they're $15. So times that 22 number, we'd be at $330.
And I'm like, that's a lot of sales. Like a good day is like 20, an okay day is like 25 to 30 sales. A good day is like 30 sales to maybe 35, 40 sales. A great day is anything over 40 sales in a day, 40, 50 sales, right? in one day so i, I want to try something right so i'm like merchandising is very important for those for those who do not know it's just kind of how you set up your table or your booth that is what is considered merchandising i started thinking to myself people come to the booth and we have a we have a new setup sort of where we will put the big candles on the table right people come to the, to the table and they'll go oh i like this candle it smells good i want to buy it. how much is it we go 39 dollars. we say hey this candle burns for 80 hours it's $39. This candle burns for 20 hours and it's $15, right? They go, oh, you have smaller versions of these? I didn't even know that. So that means that they're coming to the table without the intention of buying a small candle. They're in their mind, they're only thinking about buying the big candle. And we go, okay, cool. So we've noticed that trend when it comes to selling candles. And I'm like, you know what? It's so slow in here. I want to try something different. So I'm like, I'm going to remove the small candles from the table just to see what happens. If someone's asked us, do you have a smaller candle? We go, yeah, we have a travel size right here. I got you, right? So I remove the small candles from the table. I'm telling you probably within 12 minutes, maybe not even 12 minutes, some people came over. This guy bought two big candles. Two, right? That's It was $85 for those two candles with tax. Somebody he was with got a big candle. And we were just kind of like in shock. In shock. Because up to that point, I think we had did 17 sales, right? Give or take some big candles were in there too. But we weren't selling that many big candles. For us to then sell three big candles in a row, back to back to back, is crazy. And we just kind of like, oh my goodness. And at this point, because we know we sell so many of the small candles, we don't even have the bags packed yet. So now Melissa in the back, she's packing up the big bags for the for the candles. And we're just kind of looking at each other like this. Like while she's packing, I'm looking at her like, this is crazy. The day goes on. Mind you, it's like 4, 30, 5 o'clock. The day goes on. We get two, three, four more big candle sales. And we're like, what on? We're like, okay, obviously, obviously this is a sign that we need to figure out how to make more money per transaction because making our average uh, uh, transaction like $15 or roughly around that, 15 to $18. There's a quote. It might be from Alex or Mosey. Uh, that's where I heard it from, but. He has said it takes the same amount of energy to sell something for a million dollars that it will take to sell something for a hundred dollars or ten dollars, right? It's just you more or less doing the same thing. You're building rapport, you're explaining to the person how to think to help them and how it benefits them. You're hearing their pain points, you're solving their problems, and you kind of you're informing them about how this would help them. That's more or less it. And at that point, you either sell a house, you could sell a candle, you could sell a car, you could sell a business, but that's more or less it, right? Now, one thing we've noticed from doing that on, on Sunday, I think people care more about the benefits when the price of the product is higher. Because a lot of times we'll talk about the, the product, right? And people just kind of ignore it. Like, oh, okay, well, it's 15. Like, in their mind, they think, this is $15, so I don't really care what the price is. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to like it. I'm not going to like it. I'm supporting you. $15 here. It's not going to really kill my pocket. Whatever. That's how they're looking at it. When they're spending more money for the product, and now they kind of have to justify in their mind, like, why am I spending $40 on this candle? And that's when they go, now their mind is kind of ready for an explanation as to why. And I'm like, hey, this candle is non-toxic. It's made of beeswax. It's going to purify the air in your home. It's going to smell great. It's going to last a long time, right? 
Now they're like, oh, that 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 makes this wine forty dollars. You know what? Let me get two of those. Right? That's how they operate now. Before it's like, all right, so this candle's non-toxic. It's beeswax. Blah blah blah. They they just completely tuning it out because they're like, you're talking about a product that is. Like it's bubble, like no one is selling you hard on bubble gum. Like you don't go into a deli and he's like, man, this is the best bubble gum you're ever gonna have in your life because, like, how much it costs a dollar? Let me get one. I'll just, sure, let me get one of those. Like you don't care because the price isn't high and in your brain, you don't have to justify buying it. So I noticed that during Sunday. So now going forward, we're going to try just not having the big candles out and just not having the small candles out, excuse me, and just seeing how much more we do because at this point we can get three more for every big candle that's three small candles and i've been thinking about that right? i'm like okay if i if we're here for eight hours and we sell one big candle a day one big candle an hour that's eight big candles for the day that's eight sales that means we would have to do 24 sales which is three candles per hour consistently for the whole day to equal selling eight big candles so you know that's some business stuff you know i love this is why i love business business because it's such an organic thing and it's always growing and it's always challenging uh me as a person to try and understand myself understand other people better and i just think having a business forces people to grow and i was having this convo tour yesterday where if you are the kind of person who's very extroverted right you're a very spoken person you're very out there going whatever your business will make you have to learn the other side of that if you want to grow your business you will have to learn how to either deal with introverted people or how to curb your extrovertness right and the same goes for somebody who's introverted if you're an introvert at some point you can only get so far being introvert you have to learn why why extroverts act the way they act how it affects you and your business how you can uh, sell to an extrovert like these are things that come as you are growing your business and once you hit that once you hit that constraint then your business just stops growing you just can't grow anymore like let's say for example uh you want to raise money but you have to go to events to raise it if you don't talk to people they're not going to want to give you money so it don't it don't really work if you're an extrovert right you may now have to deal with introverts in your company differently because of how they operate so if you want to grow your business it's just like growing yourself and i that's one thing i really love about having a business now one thing i don't like about having a business is the constant dodging of unscrupulous activities that's what that's what i'll call it right i think the house situation has hardened me to some degree between the house and dealing with people who poo poo on the candles i have gotten a uh i wouldn't even call it thicker skin i'm very i usually don't respond to anything i'm like for the most part i'm like i don't really care but and this is why i said earlier about having a business now challenges me Once I realize or I feel like somebody's doing something wrong, I'm like, you know what? I could just cut you off because my life will go on. Your life will go on. We'll never talk again. It's not going to change my life. It's not going to change your life. And for me to even care if it does change your life is already a problem. So it's like I could just really just stop talking to a person and that's it. But it's only so many times you can do that. In different scenarios because it still affects you or affects me so an example of that is yesterday right some of y'all may know that we've been trying to get these new candles at a better cost i figure you know you know what would be the best idea i think i gotta call them today too i figured it'd be a great idea for us to damn i gotta call them in like an hour uh, to buy the like hard materials such as the wax, not the wax, the vessels and the bags and things like that overseas because it will be less expensive. 
That's what I thought. And so they told me. The big vessels, the medium vessels, excuse me, cost $660, right? Let's say 600 just to make it an easier number to remember. The person told me that if I wanted to have it shipped by boat, it would be less expensive than if I got it shipped by plane. I said, okay, I love that. Thank you. That's great. I love it. Just yesterday, we got the invoice for all the fees to ship by boat, the warehouse fees, the broker fees, the customs fees, ISF fees, paperwork fees, messenger fees, right? The vessels themselves cost $600. All the fees that we were told yesterday for this combined is $1,800, excuse me, $1,900. They told me it would be $300 to ship these vessels. So that means that instead of it being $900 total, it is now $2,500 total. And I'm like, there's no way that this is the cost for shipping these vessels. There's no way that I do not believe it. So I call up the broker and I'm just like, you know, like I said, I'm, my, my skin or at least my empathy has decreased after dealing with different people in regards to the candles and in regards to uh, the contract at the house. I'm like, listen, you got to explain this, this, these fees to me because there ain't no way you can tell me it's $1,800. And I'm also thinking about all the times I've watched different shows on TV. She's trying to tell me, oh, these are normal fees that I always see. I'm like, ma'am, I, I, I literally just called the warehouse the other day and they told me this fee right here only applies to if it's a pickup. She's like, no, I've been doing this for 10 years and that's not, I've never seen no one waive the fee in my entire life. And I'm like, normally, like I said, at least last two years ago, I'd have been like, well, you do this. I don't, I'm going to take your word for it. Right. I don't even know if she's telling the truth, but I don't care. I'm gonna be like, nah, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe you at all. So now we go into each item on this invoice. Why we get to one of the invoices, one of the items that go, I think it's a custom duty fees. $367, right? I said, can you explain these two to me? Why, why, what is, what's these fees for? She goes, three. oh, that's a typo. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's supposed to be a one, not a three. So instead of it being 367, it should be 167. I'm gonna change that right now, send it over to you. I'm like, so if I would've just went along and paid this, you telling me I would've had to pay this $200 for no reason at all? And you already know she was not going to email me back and say, I'm so sorry, we accidentally charged you 200 extra dollars. How can we send it back to you? That was not happening. It wasn't gonna happen. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Tomorrow, which is today, I'm calling the, the warehouse to figure out what's going on because the person I talked about just now, they're the broker. So they're supposed to do this whole transaction for me because like I said, I don't really know. This is my first time doing this. So I figured it'd be better to have a broker do it for me. Obviously, it seems like it's just a scam. And like I was about to say before, I've seen a lot of different shows where they talk about all the scandals that come up with dealing with uh, shipping containers and dip, uh, dealing with ports. And honestly, it's a very similar situation to construction. They are usually, uh, at least at least by the movies and how the show say, they are usually commandeered by some uh, underground entity, right? Why they choose those? Probably because they know they can just charge a bunch of fees for random for no reason. There's not really a, a market price for them. And honestly, these kind of things go back so far. That's probably why there's so much fraud. Is that why? Would it be more fraud for an older thing or a newer thing? It's hard to say. I feel like an older thing would have the same fraud because it's been around for so long. And I feel like the newer thing would have more fraud because we don't really know how to deal with it. So I think crypto will be like a new fraud and construction and and port related activities would be an old fraud. But you think about people like the Vanderbilts, 
the Rockefellers, they oil. If I, if I, I guarantee, if I tried to buy some type of oil against the oil business, it would probably be scams up the wazoo. They'd be overcharging me for everything. Who am I? Who am I go to and talk to about it? Who, who am I? Who am I say, hey, and report them? Come on. So, I think they tried the same thing with the port. So, I think that's something. Uh, I'm hoping get that price down because if we can't, uh, we don't really have the money for that to pay that. It's not, we don't really. <laughs> there's nowhere to get that money to pay that extra 19 at these. I guess now $1,700. So. I'm going to uh, have to figure 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 that out. But speaking of money, we did finally get the marketing loan. Finally. Oh my goodness. So So they finally gave us this marketing loan, right? It's $2400. It got deposited into our account this morning and I think it's very important for me to know myself. I think it's very important to know my own tendencies and to know what my vices are and what my shortcomings are. I think it's very important to know that. So when it came to the marketing loan, right? From before, before we even got the money, Melissa and I had a conversation and I'm like, listen, what plan do you have for the money? Because I already know once the money comes into the account, my brain is going to want to spend it on things that make us more money to cover our expenses. That's what my brain's going to want to do, right? If we have to buy wax for the upcoming fair and we have $2,500 in our account, I'm going to buy wax. Like it doesn't, because it doesn't make sense to not buy the wax and spend it on marketing, which is a thing we don't have experience in. And then not have the wax for the weekend. We're going to make money. My brain can't rationalize that. And I'm going to just be, it doesn't make any sense. We need money. We don't have it where we, or we, we need materials. We don't have it, but we have the money to buy the material. And we won't do it. That's crazy. So I'm like, I know myself. So I'm like, okay. Me know myself like this. Melissa, what do you think about this? What do you, th what, what ideas do you have? Because I already know it's going to happen. So the plan we came up with was to only spend $500 or the amount of money that we know we'll make at the craft fair, right? That's it. That's the only money. We can so if we're, if we can't pull it out from one day at the craft fair, then we shouldn't be taking it out of the marketing loan. We're also going to be using the money to pay for ads. That's kind of the thing that we talked about. So yeah, I know me, my brain is always on scale. How do I scale up? How do I make more money? How do we get more? I need more. We need, we just, we need the foundational money. Once we have that, it's easy to build from, at least in my mind, I think it's easier for me to build from that situation. Um, now, I was talking to my guy in the Discord, you know, shout out to my guy Tori, and he said he when he went to the convention, or I don't know if we call it a convention, I'm not sure what they would call it, but pretty much what they were teaching about how to be a developer and how to you know build houses from the ground up. They had a person that was there that knows credit repair, and I've been telling y'all for the longest time, right? And I know y'all gonna get this wrong when I say it again. Maybe I'll add some context for the people that enjoy and love credit. Caring about credit is not as important as people have told you it is. It's a score that can be easily manipulated. There we go. The, the score doesn't have much weight to me because it doesn't really hold value in the sense of it doesn't mean anything. All it means is you more or less played the credit game, right? And people who are outside of consumers, especially business owners, especially entrepreneurs, especially people who, who are broke, understand how irrelevant credit is, like the credit score is, right? Tory is buying property with almost no credit. Well, his credit is better now, but he, they're not asking for credit. 
They don't need that. They like, how much money you gonna make from this house? Here's money from me, I'll give it to you. This woman that he put me on to, she is gonna be able to raise our credit, right? Now, y'all know we've been talking about credit repair for a little bit now, because even though I don't care about credit, it is another tool that we can use, right? So what I mean by that is credit doesn't have any weight on me. Like I don't make my decision based off like, oh my God, my credit score is going to go down. I don't want to do this because it doesn't matter. I can just pay someone to bring it back up very easily, right? So she was saying that she knows someone because I always ask this question and they never answer it. They never want to answer this question. And I'm just like, all right, it's one of those things I don't want to talk about, whatever. But I always ask, how long is it going to take to get my credit score up? They always say, I don't know, I can't tell you, I can't give you a number or a date, I have no idea. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you've been doing this for X amount of years. You should have an idea of what we what 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 are we looking at? Like honestly, like I said, that that should be something I should ask her. Cause she kept asking me, what is my financial goal? I think I should ask them, what is your goal? What is your goal for my credit? Because they love playing this game of being like, I don't really know when it's going to go up. It's going to go up at some point. But she did say, you know, she gave me an anecdote that it, it varies, which is okay, understandable. There's a guy that she worked with. She was telling me that if I want... I can sue the credit bureaus if they don't remove certain increase or certain marks from my credit. So they said they're gonna try for like two or three weeks themselves. And then if I want, I can either keep going or take them to court. She said this particular guy waited like two weeks. It wasn't working, so I'm going to court. Take him to court right now. His score went from 500 to 800 by doing that. And I was like, wow. Because here's here was the goal that we have, right? And we're gonna say this all the time. People who have even gotten this far in the podcast, maybe I'll hear it for the first time. Who knows? Our business requires a lot of capital. We have a very the, the business is profitable. We don't have an issue with making money with the business, right? And I, I get this vibe that people feel like it's not profitable. Right, that's the vibe I get. However, all the money that we make, we put it back into the candles. Other than buying groceries, which sometimes we don't even do. Because it's like, okay, a new fare came up and they want us to pay $200, let's pay for that so we can make $600 on that day, right? That's how my brain operates. So the business itself is a very healthy business. The only problem is we don't have the money to grow it at the scale that we know we can grow it at. So here's an example, right? I t this is for people who are new to the podcast. There's a market called Chelsea Market, right? It's $1,500 per week. If we do that market, we're probably going to make between around three grand for that week to maybe like five grand. That's what we've done in the past, right? Three to five grand. If we're doing three grand per week, that's the lowest that we've done in that fair. That's 12 grand per month, right? The influx of cash that we get from that, we can then use to pay for a bigger fair. We can then use it to put into marketing dollars or put into uh, hiring someone to edit the videos to give us more time to work on content or for us to work on other things like even building out the, the uh, wholesale part of the business. Those things come when we have injection of money. So this particular credit repair person, <laughs> I, I, she, she could be blow smoke up my ass, right? She could, she could be a good smoke blower asser, right? She asked me, what is my financial goal? And I said, Miss, listen, I just want to get my score to 600 because Honeycomb Credit gave us more or less an offer and said, if your score is at this number, 
we will bring you on a platform where you will be able to raise minimum $25,000. 25K minimum. There are people on there who are raising 100, 200, 300K on there. This is like, think of, I want to say GoFundMe. Let's use that. Think of GoFundMe or Indiegogo or even Kiva if y'all know about that one. The difference between this one and those is the people that are on the platforms have money because they're running a business. These people mostly are in the business space, so they're more likely to have money than people who are just regular consumers who want to only put $10 in or $25 in. These people are more likely to put in $100, $1,000, $500, and they're a business person, so they kind of understand like, oh, the plight of starting your business, let me help. I told her this. She laughed. She was like, what? No. We don't do anything less than seven, middle, mid 700s here. I was like, sure. I'm like, that's cool. She's like, no, 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 no. Like 600 is like, I'm like, I get you. I understand. She's like, nah, you obviously don't. I'm just like, okay, tell me then. Tell me what I want She's like, listen. We're going to get you 100K in credit. Easily. She was like, if, that's personal credit. If you're doing business credit, we're going to get you 200K in business credit. And I'm like, sure. I'm like, it sounds nice. But here's the caveat. This is the caveat. And this is what I learned from the house. I'm choosing to go with her because she's come recommended from Tori, who is already doing his thing. As opposed to before, it's finding a random person online. I'm talking about the contractor. Going off of reviews, which we did find out was fake because he ended up trying to use our house as a review on Google, even though we never left that review for his business. But, you know, again, whole other story that we have already touched on in the past. So she's saying she can get our score up to 700, 750, whatever the case might be. And I'm like, ma'am, if you could get me... 10, 20, 30, any, any money, we can make more money from it. She like, listen, I'm going to get you 100, 200K. And I'm like, all right, if we get that by the end of the year, I'm I'm satisfied. Two months, we will be in August. Three months, we will be in, let's see, we will be in September. Honestly, September, October, November, and December, that's four months that we would have to spend that money. That was when we made our most money last year was in those months. So we're going to see how much money we could possibly get from her. So the reason I'm bringing this up in relation to the money that we got as a marketing loan is obviously this service is not free. It's a charge for the service. It's $1,500 for the service. $1,500 risk. Now, my brain obviously is going, listen, you're going to make money. You're going to get credit. You're going to have access to money. It's worth it. So she has a payment plan, obviously, which is what I'm going to go with or which I went with, where it's $500 and of like three payments. I'm like, all right, cool. I could do that. Like, that's a lot more manageable for where we're at right now instead of spending a full $1,500. I hope they sent out my damn wax. I'm going to be mad if she didn't. I gotta go out there and pick it up. I'll be so upset. So yeah, out of the twenty five hundred, I spent five hundred on just that installment, so we can get this process going. Because we kind of had this on as a as a side quest from earlier in the year to improve our credit. Here comes a golden goose, and we're gonna absolutely utilize this. She has some people reviews of 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 clients that have gotten two hundred k in funding from her. Um, Tori, she comes highly recommended from Tori and I'm like, listen, the house situation taught me remove the risk and a downside or decrease the risk and downside. So one way of doing that is by going with someone that going with a person that was referred to me by someone I trust and someone that has also utilized that person and someone that's doing well. Because I've had in the past people refer me or recommend me to do something, even though they have not done the thing themselves. They did not do the thing that they did not. They are not doing the thing. They are not doing that thing that they told me to do. And they are not doing well in that space. 
And those are people that will tell me how to do a thing. But again, because they're doing better than I am in the space, I listen. But to reduce risk, I'm looking for people who are doing well in the space, who have experience in the space, and have utilized the person or thing that they have told me to use and try. So, I said, I think um, for me, that is that's my big takeaway from the house is to that's just one. It's just one thing. And then the last topic I kind of want to touch on today was the framework that we spoke on last week, which was optimizing for time or optimizing for money. I think one thing I want to add to that is optimizing for productivity because I don't think that falls into those two categories. I don't think optimizing for money means that you will have, you will make like, you will make more money with less work. I don't think it means that. So yes, I think it's, that's one thing I really want to work on. The reason I'm saying that is because I want to start using the the storage unit as an office to get work done and to me that doesn't increase money it doesn't increase time but it does increase the amount of work i get done and that's why i felt like it doesn't fall into one of those buckets of time versus money it's a productivity thing um so a lot of times like i said now my brain is focusing on trying to make decisions out of those three different frameworks and still, still been having, still been holding strong. Still been having some good responses in terms of, uh, I call it universe responses. Like me doing a thing and me getting a proper thing back. And actually, I almost, I did forget one other thing I want to talk about. It's just more, it's a little bit shorter than that. Um, the bag, oh, actually it's two things. Okay, my, 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 my bag, my, my, my bag, my bag. Uh, the bags came in. So we have velvet bags. Those velvet bags were purchased so that we don't have, well, not me or we, but so Melissa does not have to wrap the candles anymore. So what we've been doing recently for the last maybe like month or so is wrapping them with tissue paper, like the pink and white one when we somebody buys it. But we wanted to have it, a, we wanted to be branded. So now when you buy a big candle, it comes in a velvet bag and I think I'll show, I'll show one of y'all bags here. I got you. So this is one of the bags. Here it is. Look at this. It's the Ember Candle Co. Velvet Bag for our signature size candle. Um, it saves us a lot of time. It saves us, uh, I don't know if it was money, but the time that it takes to wrap a lot of large candles is honestly ridiculous. So if, if we now that we have eight cents, we're bringing about 40 candles to the fair. That's a lot. That's a lot of candles to be bringing to the fair. So that means we have to wrap 40 every single time and that's if it's just a regular day. With this, just throw them in the bag. Here you go, here's your new candle. And when they go home with it, they wanna unwrap it, take it out the, ooh, they go, oh my God. It's in velvet, ooh, this is so nice. And it has the candle brand on it so now they can find us because a lot of time listen we realized from the day one or day five people were not rebuying candles they didn't they couldn't find us and the candles last so long we had somebody recently whose candle uh she said she bought a small candle in like september or, or october or something like that she still has it and it's like damn like you know so and then also the duplicate fragrances that we have. We have some custom fragrances made so that we don't have to spend as much money on these expensive ass fragrances. And like, listen, the goal is the same. Get the cost down, get the revenue up. That's it. So the cost of some of these, of some of these uh, uh, fragrance oils for one bottle, 16 ounces, is $90. $90 for these. With shipping and everything else, 100 plus dollars for these things, right? If we can get the whole bottle down to $20 and get more in it, listen, we going crazy. That means that now, and this is my real, my real reason for wanting to do this. What's killing us is having to rebuy inventory every Monday. We had a great weekend the last two weekends, not the last two, two before that. And the money was gone on Monday because we had to buy wax for $300. We had to buy vessels for $200. We had to buy, um, 
fragrance oil for another three four hundred dollars and it's like damn like the money gone and it's like we can't have to do that every single week because now that we have more products if we sell one candle or three candles right of one cent i can't buy three vessels because it would be it wouldn't be cost effective so i have to now buy 12 or 24 of them to replenish those three right that costs money and depending on when it comes if they even have it in stock i have to either pay for expedited shipping which is another hundred dollars two hundred dollars or i have to buy a uh 200 100 whatever vessels so consistency and peace is what i'm going for i want to go into the warehouse or the storage unit pick up the vessels pick up the the wax pick up whatever we need make the candle bring it to the fair i don't want to be dealing with these suppliers who don't have the product when we need it who are sending it late it's coming later than it's supposed to it's broken all the different things and it's expensive i don't want to deal with that no more so we the last thing that we have right now to purchase i guess it's kind of two things the medium vessels with the try to charge us almost two grand for and we have to buy the large vessels to have them actually shipped out here i'm doing door-to-door -door by plane never doing boat again we will be back here next tuesday probably wednesday now we're doing it on wednesdays you can find all the behind the scenes content on social medias mine is donovan gray d-o-n-i-v-a-n-g-r-a-y and my phenomenal beautiful amazing girlfriend anita burn a-n-e-t-a-b-u-r-n you know what it is hashtag bamboo project 2023 the road is not done yet okay we still it's still roaded now with that being said bamboo project 